Welcome to the weekly. I'm Jeremy. I'm Matt. Hey, Matt. Hello. It's our episode 223. So basically, this is going to be looking back at 2023 and the, the year that was and the, the, the mess that it was. So this week on the weekly, first, we're going to talk about uh, a the idea of the never-ending edition of D&D. There was an interesting article about how big a mistake that could be. And then we'll just look in review at overall tabletop in 2023 and our final brink watch. And we'll, we'll, we'll dive in a little bit into the, uh, <laughs> into the many careers of Kyle Brink <laughs> and uh, give him a send off. I think we, I think we aimed a little low. I think we need a, a bigger target. Uh, uh, we need to go up the food chain a little bit at Watsy if we're going to get any, uh, any, any results. So we're going to that Hasbro guy. <laughs> yeah, we should. We should. All right. So, Let's start with that. Uh, the um, an interesting discussion about uh, in, in so next year in twenty twenty four a never ending Dungeons and Dragons edition is a major problem. So uh, this is uh, Derek Garcia and I, f- I forget the the website. It was it's one of those websites that's uh, like not it doesn't typically t- cover tabletop. But I thought this was an interesting uh, an interesting approach, and it just basically talks about. Um, and I think it's obvious from the people that they're hiring, the people running the show over there, they're going to turn the rule set into software, basically. And it's going to constantly be, be patched and updated. And maybe a younger generation is used to this. And it's something that once everything is digital, you can get away with a lot more. But imagine playing in a campaign that you know spans several months, several years, and through the course of that campaign, like the rule system has completely changed, like how things are done in the same system. You haven't, you know, abandoned something for, you know, a, a different mechanic or anything. You're stuck with this, uh, this weird updating. And I guess, you know, the house rules now are just going to be roll back the version, you know, well, they, they say play it this way, but now we're going to, we're going to stay with the, the previous version. It's going to get really weird, yeah. So I, I don't think that that's a great, uh, a great idea. Like you know, perpetually evolving a single edition of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. So the article said that yeah, it lacks clarity and it raises concerns about the future of the game. So uh, it fails to recognize the social nature of the hobby, the need for clear rules, uh, and making it a perpetual edition may may make it unplayable for most uh, game groups eventually. Like you know, as it. And, you know, they, they kind of that's the problem when you're doing a, a thing with a monthly subscription is you have to, you know, show some sort of give some sort of value for that money. So they'll make changes just to make changes or they'll add content that's not even quality content just because they, they want to show something. Yeah. Oh, that, that money you paid, this is what you got for it. And that's a, a typical thing like, you know, Photoshop and you know, Adobe is kind of doing that. They're making weird uh, changes to their software just so people have a job and people like you know feel like oh we're doing something. But that all came about. I think at the end of the, this thinking came about from remember the the quote from the beginning of last year the the customers or the players I'm sorry the players are under monetized uh, here <laughs> here at Wizards of the Coast so let's get them thoroughly monetized. Yeah, so um, not good. Yeah, could you imagine like playing in a long-standing D&D campaign and then uh, 
your GM convinces you to all go behind the walled garden to play online and you play for a while and he's cool. And then you log in and like your barbarians have been nerfed or something. (laughs) And you're like, what the hell? Like, Mm -hmm, that's so, mm -hmm. so weird. It's a meshing of video game life and, and tabletop RPGs that nobody really wants. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I don't get it. And as far as the changing stuff, speaking as someone who worked for a very large publicly held company mm-hmm. for a very long time, mm-hmm. uh, world's largest drug dealer, but we won't get to that right now. Um, yeah, the, the executives will literally just change shit to keep their job viable. Mm-hmm. Like they will just 180 and and change a thing just because now they get to manage the change and it makes it look like they're doing something. Yeah. So I I think they're, they're definitely going to fall victim to this. And the only thing that, um, you know, aside from prove like earning that subscription from the uh, subscriber base, the only other thing that those tweaks would be are kind of, you know, balance issues. And so that would lead you to think that, the only reason you would do that is because you're trying to come up with some sort of competitive version of D and D. You know, that's the only reason you'd want a balanced rule system is so that everyone would be playing it, and you could somehow, you know, make it an esport or whatever. Because <laughs> they they had talked about that. I don't think it was this year, but in previous years, like they were contemplating, can D and D be played on ESPN four? You know, like you know, can we make this a team sport? So uh, yeah, that that <laughs> that suggest that you know with tweaking tweaking the rule set for no reason and like you know power balancing like you're saying like nerfing your barbarian it's like yeah that would only be in competitive um the article interestingly also talked about uh you know kind of the evolution of of uh, D rules and talking about the uh, the move from uh, 3.0 to 3.5 uh, which was just three years after the launch and we're coming up on 10 years you know after the launch of uh, uh fifth edition and uh, they were, you know, claim initially claiming that 3.5 was completely backwards compatible with 3.0, but it ended up it's not that practical, and people just kind of gave up, you know, converting things and and making it uh, uh, making it work, and it was a bit inconsistent. And then the um, uh, 4.0 rules uh, edition had a mid a mid edition revision with D and D essentials, and uh, yeah, so it had fewer changes. Then 3.0 to 3.5, but uh, it was just they kind of had to rebalance things and and try to make people people happy mid edition. So that's yeah. How long was fourth edition even a thing? Like, uh, I not feel like long. I yeah. feel like it got wiped out pretty fast. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Let me see. Um, I think they did. They um, they very quickly said let's uh, 2008 to uh, 2013. Yeah. Oh, it was longer than I thought then. The Paizo years, though. Yeah, they. Uh, that's when Paizo took 50% of that <laughs> market share from them. Yeah. When, whenever I did play D&D in that mm-hmm. period, it was it was like 3 and 3.5. Mm-hmm. Was, I, I didn't play 4th edition uh, until <laughs> this year. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. And I hated it. Yeah, I yeah. I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> It was a true test of friendship. Let me. Tell oh you. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Straining the like, bonds. <laughs> I'm literally only doing this because you people are my friends. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
Yeah, that's funny. And were they, did they do it because they had liked the system and played it when it was originally out or they just had never tried it. So they wanted to try it and you were the guinea pigs. No, the, the guy that ran it, he's really more of a board game guy mm-hmm. than an RPG player. And for some reason he decided he wanted to run a game <laughs> and he ran half a scenario of the one ring mm-hmm. realized it wasn't for him <laughs> and then pivoted to fourth edition. <laughs> and I think he was having fun with that because that's basically a board game. Mm-hmm. Like, you mm-hmm. know, it's basically a complicated board game. Right. Oh, interesting. That's a funny, yeah, that's a funny pivot. <laughs> and how would you like, like, 4E is, um, nobody's saying anything good about it. It's not easy. It's not very accessible. I mean, I guess, you know, the PDFs are on drive through uh, and mostly, I think about all the way back to even 2E, most of that stuff is still in print. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's, re- <laughs> that's really funny. Funny choice. Yeah, so it's, it's a really odd... Uh, really odd thing that we're going to be experiencing and they're, they're going to have to give up. The, they're either going to have to give this some sort of name that people can understand that it's going to be this never ending, constantly updated single edition or something because people want to call it 5.5 or 6.0, or they, you know, are still sticking to that one D and D name, but they they're going to have to get better with the branding. I think Ooh, they're going to call it something stupid, aren't they? Yeah, they it's, might It's going to be like, Dungeons and Dragons X. Right. Oh, there you go. Yeah. They'll uh, just change yeah. it to X. X can stand for any edition forever yeah. and all yeah. and perpetuity. Yeah. Perpetuity. Yeah. So it's going to, uh, it'll be interesting because just like campaigns fall apart and people just kind of like walk away from games or just like you never get together, that happening digitally is going to be really weird. All these like weird remnants of uh, abandoned games just floating around on their <laughs> their VTT. Yeah, it's it's odd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's and uh, I, lo- I like this line in, in the article that says, uh, so this, this one D&D idea presumes that the basic structure of the 5E rules is the ideal incarnation of Dungeons & Dragons central gameplay concepts. <laughs> and it is just not that at all. <laughs> so yeah, going, uh, going in there, and, and I guess kind of considering it, it's done. Like the rule set is done. It's, it's as good as it's going to be. So let's just polish it with all this, uh, their new playtesting. Do you think they even believe that? Like, mm. I, I feel like they probably don't even really believe that. They just, right. they're just focused on getting it online and and doing their whole little thing with the walled garden. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think they really believe that it's it's done. Right, right. <laughs> and they don't want to. Uh, they just don't want to fracture the player base. You know, they just don't want to have people that move forward and people that stay behind. So let's just put them all behind this digital subscription. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so that's odd. And the, and the only thing they have to offer is just more subclasses, more spells. More, you know, it's just like, okay. that's And that's what you're going to get. Like, that's what you're going to get for your subscription. This week, we unlocked the new, I don't know, yeah, yeah bookworm <laughs> subclass for your wizard. Yeah, it's, it's not... Uh, not great. So yeah, I, I thought that was a, an interesting take. And uh, in talking about how the, you know, releases... Um, that they did this year did really nothing to uh, reinforce the fact that, yeah, these settings and everything is better played in 5e. Like, I don't think any, anybody, nobody thinks that. (laughs) 
But yes, so we will see. And oh, I had an interesting uh, conversation with uh, Felix, uh, someone that I played a lot of uh, Netrunner and uh, uh, met in Japan. And he was saying that he really thinks this change might, I mean, it might be might be good for them. Then maybe this is what they expect. But it's going to create kind of a new game. It's going to create like a new genre. So it's not going to be D and D, and it's not going to anybody that that is satisfied by you know the socializing or the uh, uh, imagination or creativity of role play is not going to be lured into this. And people that want a very video game experience aren't going to be you know lured into this. It's going to be its own thing. So mm. you're going to be when people ask you what you do, you do this weird thing online in this, you know, it's like playing Fortnite or something, you know, it's going to have a very distinct identity and it's not really going to be D and D anymore. It's going to be this other thing that you can do uh, from this company <laughs> that makes D and D. So uh, I thought that was an interesting take because I, yeah, I don't think they have the branding and the messaging down very clearly and they're just trying to move everybody that's bought one of these books in the past 10 years into this thing, trying to get them, trying to monetize them, get them to pay. And I don't think it's going to work. It's going to create, they are going to fracture their player base in a way maybe they didn't expect because they're making a style of play that doesn't satisfy maybe a majority of the players is like going to be weird and incomplete and frustrating and maybe too expensive. And, uh, uh, and, and not only in the like subscription costs, but like, you know, maybe the PC that you need or, you know, whatever you would need to actually, you know, in a satisfying way, interact with this platform. So, yeah, I thought that was that would be interesting if they really do like create some other thing and nobody thinks it's D&D anymore so they can just change the name. <laughs> <laughs> or, it'll, or it'll just be D in D yeah. never, <laughs> ever spell it out. Or, yeah, nobody knows what it means. It doesn't stand for anything anymore. <laughs> Just those three letters. Yeah, I I play D N D. <laughs> I was thinking like uh game stores, like brick and mortar game stores. Mm. I mean they've always had problems, but they're in big trouble now because yeah. Games Workshop is abandoning them, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Wizards is screwing up magic, something fierce. Like, they're destroying the tournament structure. Mm -hmm. And now D&D may be, you know, it'll go online or just die or yeah. both. <laughs> and, and, like, if you walk, like, in my neighborhood, if you go into a game store, it, the first things you see are the D&D and the magic. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's everywhere. They'll yeah. have other stuff mm -hmm. if it's a decent game store, but their bread and butter is the Magic: The Gathering, primarily followed by the Dungeons and Dragons. Mm -hmm. And if those two things <laughs> go poof, oh my God, they're screwed. Yeah, no, that's that's really true. Um, and you know, I think they a lot of these stores would love to sell better games and you know promote better uh but yeah that's that's where the money is so they have to stick to that yeah like you said they're, they're bread and butter so yeah i think we're gonna see you know just like uh comic book stores are taking a uh taking big hits i think the hobby stores are are gonna be in trouble unless there's some way they can like sell physical you know like um how playstation network or whatever has physical cards <laughs> to pay for subscriptions <laughs> if they can sell those they can sell a, a card you can pay cash to to uh then put a code in and get your month of uh one D D or whatever it's called uh. then uh yeah that'll 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 help a little 
Yeah, it's it's weird. It's going to be really weird. Uh, and yeah, and if uh, Wizards isn't going to support them with uh, you know, kind of game night materials and stuff, and and if and that's weird too, because if they cannibalize that by okay, immediately they're going to st- send stuff uh, like you know kits and things for D and D game nights to the stores, but all of the materials are like trying to you know get them to sign up for the uh, virtual tabletop. Then yeah. It's going to be yeah. vicious, yeah. Because that's what I think. Isn't that what their um, their most recent starter set was? Almost an empty box and uh, just very very light on the materials. And then inside, there's just a code to log into, you know, to to subscribe to D and D Beyond. You know, all they did is push people toward. Uh, Sounds right. Yeah. So it's just like a box with a code in it. <laughs> so yeah, they'll be moving. Moving that direction. All right. Well, this is uh, the last episode of the year, right? The last weekly of 2023. So let's do our final Brink Watch 2023. Honestly, guys like me can't can't leave soon enough. Brink Watch. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I did put a year on that uh, trailer. So, we'll, we may use it next year, but but I'm 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 second I'm second guessing myself maybe. I'm I'm rethinking this whole idea because I I had a really bad experience. I um was, you know, just just happened to Google Kyle and was like, you know, trying to find another fun picture or something, a thumbnail that someone had done. And there was a link to his LinkedIn. And so mm-hmm. I decided, let's let's go back and take a look at Kyle's career. How did he come to be the executive producer of Dungeons & Dragons? Well, it's been a long, strange road. <laughs> so, yeah, Kyle came from video games. And that was surprising. It's like, not, not that surprising. That's, you know, looks like that's how Wizards was hiring. D&D is going to become a video game. So let's do a video game. Let's hire, you know, video game people. He had some early experience with uh, game writing, so there was some Star Trek license stuff that he worked on. But his uh, and then like like everyone drifted through electronics, electronic arts when he get into the video games. But his big his big early career <laughs> milestone was president of Brentwood Pool and Spa. So. Kyle, Kyle Brink was a jacuzzi salesman, not only the salesman, but an owner, owner oh, and president of um, yeah, Brentwood's Pool and Spa. So, yeah, I can see that. I can see, you know, in the early 2000s, trying to sell a very, like, late 80s, early 90s kind of thing, luxury item <laughs> mm-hmm. to people in Southern California. Uh, and uh, the best part in the LinkedIn is um, the pool and spa. He defines as not, and he he's not your typical small businessman because he leveraged his extensive corporate training from his years at Electronic Arts to sell jacuzzis. That is that's that's beautiful. That is that's that is really beautiful. <laughs> So, yeah, after EA, which is one of the most you know, horrible companies in uh, in video games, he drifted through uh, Activision. Well, yeah, of course, of course. Uh, Sega, yeah, of course, of course. They, they just, you know, localized things. Uh, was briefly involved in OnLive, which was one of those uh, streaming, like they you play it on their machines and they stream you the video, kind of what... Uh, 
uh, the cloud gaming and things are now. So this is early days, though. So this technology was unproven and on live went you know, face down. And then he stepped into the, the wonderful world of um, the, uh, you know, kind of internet, internet promotional things. So working with Viggle and all of these like silly internet companies promoting like consumer rewards from like perk.com. So a lot of that kind of stuff. So he's got some experience with monetizing and grifting online, you know, digital coupons and all that nonsense. So hopefully that's going to come into play sometime soon and more recently so right before um right before wizards of the coast he worked for the other probably two crappiest uh, game companies around uh, arena net and uh, uh nc soft so was involved with um uh guild wars 2 and uh, kind of how they monetized that because that, that that went free to play very quickly and then they did like their all their treasure chests became loot boxes and so he's got a lot of experience with ripping off customers so that that's definitely why they hired him because it comes a lot, a lot from there, and I'm I'm kind of suspicious looking at some of these positions. I think I I pe- have people I know that may have crossed paths with him, like while he was in the video game world. So that's pretty funny. Ooh, get yeah. the dirt. Get yeah, the dirt. I, I know, and I gotta find out. But so I think I think through some of our Brink watches, we've kind of been mistitling him. So his official title is only executive producer of Dungeons and Dragons because Wizards has a corporate structure, so he's not a CEO, he's not anything. So he's not. He's not even paid that great. And um, uh, that, that's the thing that's interesting. Um, so he's definitely part from, so he started off, like his, some, uh, some of his early stuff was, you know, creative director and, uh, write, you know, he did uh, writing and creativity. And he, he had that experience. He had that experience that all of those people that want to enter that professional managerial position, that, you know, middle manager for life and just, you know, uh, they make this decision. So they're, they're, they're having lunch, coming back from lunch. They're looking at the window and they see the parking lot. And the parking lot is kind of divided into the creatives, you know, the people that actually do the work, and then all of the managers. And the managers have all of the German luxury cars and you know, and the now it's probably all the the electron electric cars and everything, and and the, on the other side is like you know twenty year old you know J- Japanese cars. There's like old Celicas and uh, Camrys with you know dents and miscolored fenders, and it occurs to him upon seeing this that maybe I should step away from the creative side of this industry and move into the man- managerial. And I think a lot of people have that. Uh, you know, because they, if they, um, those, the people that come from that that uh, come from those useless degrees, they get like English degrees or communications degrees at a university. They don't know what they're going to do with that, and then they, but they want to do something creative. They try to enter an industry creatively, and then they quickly realize I was born to be a middle manager. So I probably have <laughs> like a you know blue collar family that scrimped and saved to get them through college. They've got a useless degree, but they implant themselves into this professional managerial position. And uh, and you know and just jump ship for their uh, uh, pay raises, but I have a feeling Kyle is one of that ilk, oh, and yeah. Uh, yeah, and just he's, yeah. he's definitely a, a buy pizza for the team and act like a hero <laughs> kind of guy, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Yeah, and they should have, and you know, and they. Uh, I don't think he was the guy. He didn't doesn't have the charisma, but he probably has the the position that's you know they're willing to sacrifice. Um, to go out and apologize for the OGL. So that's why we saw him making his little podcast 
uh, you know, uh, route, uh, his, his little circuit um, of all the uh, people of color podcasts that he could explain that, you know, white guys that were the mistake. That's that's what's wrong with this uh, with this industry. Uh, so he um, uh, was the person that I think they could uh, that would take the bullet, take one for the team. And uh, but he didn't have to step down. It wasn't bad enough that they actually want to do. Uh, they didn't want his head. They just wanted a, a a weird corporate explanation, and then they were satisfied. I guess. Yeah, they're saving that for the next scandal. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Yes. So I don't know. I, I think we're aiming a little low. I don't think Kyle is exactly. I mean, what he, he how he handled himself. Uh, in that apology tour was, was pretty lame, but, uh, I think there's bigger fish. So we'll, 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 we'll think about this. We'll see if Brinkwatch makes it into the, uh, 2024 and, uh, maybe we'll, we'll aim a little higher. <laughs> because... Well, I, I mean, there's the Hasbro guy. What's his name? Like, uh, Oh, Chris something. Everyone's Chris, named Chris. Chris. Yeah. Like yeah. Chris that? Cox. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That guy is sleazebag. Yeah. Good one to follow. Yeah, that's true. Because uh, yeah, coming from yeah Microsoft and what his training at Microsoft to acquire to uh, yeah kind of the the Borg strategy of just assimilate and tear apart all competition. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll see what uh, what happens. Uh, and so I think a, a new target will be obvious <laughs> once this whole new D and D thing starts happening. We'll, we'll find out, and it may even be that the technology guy, the other Chris, um, that is uh, responsible for the kind of the guts and the uh, you know the, the monetization strategies and whatever algorithms and everything they're going to use to to um, fleece their customers. Uh, that's the guy that seems like uh, is going to be the most to blame. I think he's another Microsoft guy. But he's the software guy. So we'll see who steps up. But yeah, Kyle is, was much more interesting and much more I know this guy <laughs> than I thought <laughs> I thought he would be. <laughs> Looking at his career, I know this fucking guy. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what, do you, what do you think? When he was selling the hot tubs, um, I'm thinking he was driving like a, a Miata mm-hmm. or... Maybe even a convertible Corvette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He might have been a chain, wearing a chain, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> Hit, hitting on soccer moms to want to get a jacuzzi. Yeah, I'm sure he had some really tempting offers. <laughs> <laughs> he offered to demo many units. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> personally oversee the installation yes oh man so i guess though yeah moving from the dated world of uh uh hot tubs to the dated world of pen and paper role play (laughs) it's perfect for him it's all nostalgia it's all 80s nostalgia for kyle uh yeah so we'll see so so thank you Brinkwatch. you've you've served us well what a what a character um yeah it was interesting somebody posted a clip from one of the podcasts and the, uh, the comments under it were really interesting. They were kind of defending him. You know, he didn't say anything wrong. What, what, what's so bad about what he said? Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. This weird yeah. corporate apology. People fall for that. I mean, it works. That's why people, that's why they had him do it because it works. People are like, yeah, he's not a bad guy. Yeah. They're just, you know, they're, they're, they're always thinking about inclusion. That's what they're all about. <laughs> they're never thinking about the money. <laughs> 
man. <laughs> People who've never been hurt in their life are like, oh, yeah, this is great. Yeah, right. He means what he says, and he says nothing. Uh, but uh, but thank you, Kyle, for a year of entertainment. I've enjoyed uh, <laughs> I've enjoyed despising your weird position about what D and D should be as the executive producer of the game, and get get better at uh, uh, <laughs> not sanitizing these games and making them unplayable and and actually sell some books. I mean, I think that's going to be the big saving grace for his career next year is he won't have to sell books anymore. He'll just have to go back to selling subscriptions like he used to do at Viggle.com or whatever. So <laughs> he'll, uh, he'll be in right in his wheelhouse. It's like, yeah, right. I got to send some scammy emails out to people to get them to click on links. Yeah. 50% off. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I want wizards to like pull up and move to a small office building in Scranton, Pennsylvania. <laughs> yes. And Kyle Brink become part of like an office thing. You know? That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> a documentary about the, uh, the inner workings. All right. Well, let's take a look back. Let's look at this year that we're finishing off right now. So uh, yeah, 2023 started off. I mean, we're talking about the same things a year ago that we talked about last week. So the first announcement, Amazon and making Warhammer, like the deal, like, you know, was announced and the, mm. it went into motion. The very first episode of uh, 2023, they they mentioned that. So we're still, wow. <laughs> still talking about the same thing. And then the one D&D announcement. And so they stepped away from that in the summer, right? I think... Um, they said, "Okay, that's not that's not the real name. So stop talking about it that way." That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so very, very strange. And uh, oh yeah, that's right. Um, this was something I completely forgot about for 2023. So did you finish your dungeon 23, 23 level dungeon, Matt? Or no, no. Not only did I not finish it, I didn't do it. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, a lot of people committed to that. And I think uh, by February, they're like, wait, what? Why, why am I doing this? Yes, I'm curious. if um, Because now is the time to post that. I mean, well, I guess you got a few more days. But now's the time to post that masterpiece, that monster of... It was actually like 250... 200, or three, I'm sorry, 365. Wasn't it a daily thing? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, uh, that's a lot. That's a lot of dungeons. So I want to play one of these dungeons. So if anybody finished it, uh, please share it. Yeah. That... You, know, you know, as as much as I love old school mm -hmm. uh, RPG stuff, and uh, I never really didn't ever like mega dungeons very much. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of thought they were boring. Mm. <laughs> yes, and a level a day of uh, mega dungeon. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah, and I wonder. I mean, I guess it takes a, a certain group, and you just kind of want to do that thing. You just want to dungeon crawl and be like, "How many kobolds are in this room?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so we'll see. So quickly, quickly on the uh, the heels of one D and D came the hashtag Open D and D. So yeah, the uh, open letter asking, "Why are you doing this? What the hell is this OGL you're trying uh, to?" Yeah. Uh, trying to screw us with. And uh, so Basic Fantasy, one of the first people that kind of announced we're excising the OGL from our work was uh, Basic Fantasy. And they did their big book of uh, Basic Fantasy or Basic Roleplay. And uh, I you know, totally uh, 
uh, cut out uh, all OGL, anything that you know related to D and D and the OGL references. Then we had uh, a non-OGL bundle of holding <laughs> came out. Free League quickly announced their two licenses. They're licensed to do anything with a Free League property, and then a specific one for Adventures for Dragonbane. Yeah, so it just started to roll. Then Paizo's Orc, the next week, we were talking about Paizo's Orc. Oh, and then also Watsi kind of abandoning, um, uh, or kind of, kind of turning on Roll20. Like, we, we saw for a moment there that, yeah, they, they were, if everything went as planned, if people swallowed the OGL and everything, development of the VTT and everything worked, and their digital plans worked, that Roll20 was going to be one of the uh, casualties of that, because they would just cut off the Dungeon Masters Guild, which they still may do, but the um, all the stuff that's specifically D&D on um, DriveThruRPG. Uh, well, this ties, that ties into... Uh, I don't know if this is at a similar time of the year, but mm -hmm. the killing of um, oh, as, Astral. As, Astral, right, right, that's right. Because Drive Through then, yeah, they partnered with Roll Twenty and made their PDFs drag and drop, and you know, made all of that stuff work better. And then we found out that Wizards was, yeah, not not interested in uh, in working with either of them, and may actually be, you know, seeing them as a threat. They, I think. Uh, their software planner guy and probably Chris uh, at the top, the people at the top were, were uh, saying that, uh, yeah, th this is just going to be competition. This is a threat. And we have a chance before we get started to kill it because if they take away the Dungeon Masters Guild and, and stuff on drive through and stop supporting Roll20, then yeah, they, they lose their biggest, uh, their, their biggest content. So yeah, interesting. January was just crazy, and then we got the announcement of uh, Black Flag, the Black Flag project that that became, I still it's not a memorable enough name. Tales of the Valiant, Valiant. yeah, and, yeah. So I don't hear much about that at all. I know mm. it had a huge Kickstarter, mm -hmm. but since then, like, I'm not. I don't see anybody talking about it. Yeah, like, I don't. I. I feel like that one and the new one, the MCDM, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Ter terrible name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're they're two just like vanilla D and D clony mm -hmm. kind of. You know, I don't. There's no distinction in them, and I don't know. Yeah, Tales of Valiant. I never hear anybody talk about that now. No, yeah, I haven't heard that come up, and it, I guess maybe yeah, maybe there's still. And heavy production, but it seems like they should be doing active play testing, active sharing mm -hmm. of like early stuff just to keep it in people's minds. Because I, I couldn't even remember the name. Black Flag is much more memorable. They it should, is. Yeah, they should have stuck with that. But maybe harder to trademark <laughs> with uh, what's his face still out there as a celebrity. But uh, yeah, so, and, and then we got um, uh, Bank of America. We got that news that Bank of America downgraded Hasbro, Hasbro Watsi. So they were, you know, financially, like the, people were saying that this is not a good bet. So they were, a, they became a sell as opposed to a buy. And I think their, um, yeah, just their rating was, uh, somebody at Bank of, of America, one of their analysts said, yeah, not, not a good, uh, they're not doing things well. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, and so, oh yeah, yeah, and then we got yeah the news of other people like Demiplane, all that Nexus stuff. So yeah, the digital platform that I think uh, Paizo chose for Pathfinder and Starfinder was that Nexus platform, which I haven't seen much of. 
Um, but yeah, that's their, those are their digital tools. I guess the equivalent of their D and D beyond. So hopefully that, that continued, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. It was a, very quickly. There was a lot of, uh, shenanigans and I guess that, that powered a lot of the, uh, you know, Oh my God, D and D, you know, the thumbnails for, uh, uh, YouTube for quite a while. I, mean, I think through most of the summer. Oh, that's right. And then we had the, um, they did that weird creators conference thing where they invited, you know, YouTubers. Oh yeah. yeah. did they like sign NDAs or mm -hmm. something? Yeah. And had the, had that, their, their corporate messaging like rammed down their throats. And, uh, but that was good. You could kind of see coming out of that, you could kind of see, and, and some of the people that were actually disruptive at that event, because like, we know we want real information. We want these questions answered. Will you answer these questions? And so there was a lot of, uh, you get to see like kind of who the, who was really interested in um, the integrity of the game and like uh, the community, as opposed to just the people that were there for the goodie bag or the, the cred, uh -huh. you know, for their channel. Yeah. So it was good. And that's when I discovered yeah, Indestructible Boy. Um, that was when I first, yeah, was watching his channel. Is the kind of the uh, that some the uh, fallout of that uh, convention pre fall of industry. Yes, yeah, pre uh, witch hunting uh, artists. He's on a bit of an apology tour himself. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I hope this doesn't hurt his. Uh, I think it's Vagabond, his RPG that he's uh, developing himself. I hope this doesn't. Uh, because you know, people he did a, a Kickstarter to support the production of. So basically, you just get work in progress PDFs. You're not guaranteed anything. You're just allowing him to work full time on designing Vagabond, and that was successful. He got like thirty grand or something to do that. So hopefully, this doesn't uh, you know uh, hurt his uh, support, and he can actually finish his game. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah, it's just like that that witch hunt stuff. I mean, it gets it gets clicks and eyeballs and views and ad revenue but uh i think it's very short-sighted and this all you know and it's it, i think it's a symptom of uh, what people do on or did on the the platform formerly known as twitter is just want to you know find the the uh find a way to criticize hasbro you know just you know mm. just want to go after them and we heard, had the announcement there will be no Dark Sun for 5e. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Thank God. Can you imagine? You they're not going to butcher it like, every, like Spelljammer and right. everything else? It's just going to be like sandals. It'll be kind of like a beach setting. You know, everyone will be wearing sandals and like, you know, it's it's like, it's just like bathing suits and it's casual and the, the halflings won't eat you. And yeah, it's, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. I can't imagine them trying to sanitize that. But uh, yeah, and we got we got the uh, AMC's Walking Dead universe. That's right. That's how it was uh, promoted to AMC's Walking Dead universe. So Free League um, announced, crowdfunded, and fulfilled the Walking Dead universe all in one year. So yeah, what month did they announce it in? Um, probably February. I think the crowdfund. I think this was the announcement for the crowdfunder. So I think it was uh, February. It looks like from the number episode number here. Yeah, that's a really good turnaround. Yes, yeah, pretty pretty impressive. Yeah, but I think though too. Uh, well, but but I've heard people reviewing that game are saying it's a little half baked. You know, it needs it probably could have needed some more time in the oven. The rule set just doesn't feel that complete, and it's not. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and it's basically maybe they they just thought, well, we've got 
our Twilight 2000. We can kind of bolt some zombie mechanic onto that. Yeah, I just heard the criticism of it. It's just not enough. There's not enough game there, and that the um, the start itself, the starter set itself, was uh, pretty uh, uh, unsatisfying. Just like not, uh, not doesn't feel like a very complete uh, game experience, and uh, not a great introduction. That's too bad. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, uh, I don't really care because that property, I didn't understand why they were doing that anyway. But <laughs> right. but I, I like Free League, so, you know, if it's their first big trip up, then it's mm-hmm. too bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. And I really wonder, um, we were talking a little bit before the cast about, I wonder what, like, the next property that they feel is a good fit for them might be. Because they're yeah, gritty sci-fi and, you know, kind of sci-fi horror so uh, yeah, I wonder who else uh, who else has something out there that they might uh, might connect I think with. They're, they're so spread out now that it's you know kind of like we we've said that Twilight uh, Twilight Two Thousand with zombies would be a lot like Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like anything they picked up now, if it was like a licensed property, would probably f- just feel uh, like one of their other games. Maybe you know. No, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's really true. They've got an apocalypse game. They have a, you know, Coriolis is a good sci-fi game. They have Alien on top of that. Mm-hmm. Like 2000, which is like a low-tech apocalypse game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they've got fantasy covered like three or four different ways. Right. Yeah, I don't know. It's tricky. Yeah, but but hopefully, I mean, I think they've got enough. You know, I think that, that any gamer looking at their kind of catalog could find something that they would enjoy as far as setting. And as long as they liked, you know, the, the year zero system. Yeah. I think they would be, they could be satisfied, but uh, yeah, I wonder, and I, but I wonder that what the temptation will be because it's, it's probably always happening at these trade shows, you know, Gen Con and stuff. Someone comes up to them and kind of pitches an idea representing a brand. So isn't that, that funny? Like, so, um, at agencies, uh, at like you know, talent agencies, brands actually have agents. So, like Coca Cola has a guy that that goes around and tries to you know find synergy with other brands for Coca Cola. So that's why you get like you know Xbox coupons on the sides of Coke cans and stuff. So I'm sure there's people at Gen Con prowling uh, Gen Con prowling around with these uh, properties they want to get an RPG made for. Do you want to license this? So we'll see. We'll see what uh, what happens. Yeah, I'd like to think Free League just got cornered, you know, by the AMC, the AMC guy, the Walking Dead guy, and they're just like, oh, okay, okay, we'll do it, we'll do it, just go away, just go away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'll see. All right. Where can people find you, Matt? Uh, I am on threads and Instagram. Uh, it's at Hargold, H-A-A-R-G-A-L-D. And next, not this coming Friday, but mm-hmm. the following one, we'll be picking up our big finale for the yes. Deathmatch Island here on the stream. Yes. So tune in. Yeah. Tune into that. If you've been following along, we'll, 
Yes, we're on our second island and heading for our third, possibly, <laughs> if we survive. Excellent. How about you? And I'm still doing my single panel gag cartoon. Uh, so uh, if you go to Abuse Cartoons on YouTube or Twitch, I draw that on stream. You can read that at gocomics.com slash domestic abuse and just abuse cartoons on all social media. And if you like what we're doing here and you've listened to this entire thing, uh, please consider becoming a weakling. So on patreon.com slash upturn table, uh, you can become a, uh, a patron at the weakling level or at any level and tell us what, uh, what you like to see, uh, support the kind of content that you like us producing, whether it's the audiobooks, the actual plays, the lore videos, the long rambling <laughs> news updates and lookbacks on previous uh, years in gaming, uh, anything. And uh, upturntable.com is the website for all of that stuff. And you can also become a member on YouTube. So hit the join button uh, below the YouTube video and uh, become a member there where you get access to that same content. Uh, the audio for this goes onto the RSS feed for the Patreon. So that's the one Patreon exclusive that can't be duplicated is uh, the audio feed. And also that's where uh, some actual play audio and things go as well. So Thank you for joining us, and we'll do this again next week in the new year. So thanks, Matt, for helping me uh, bridge this holiday gap. It was nice to uh, uh, talk with you about all this stuff. You and, bet, yeah, fun year, great yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, it was a fun year of gaming. We did some, we played some fun stuff, had some good sessions. So uh, take care, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye.